Hello everyone, my name is Sophia and welcome back to Project Oyster, relatable stories that create emotional connections. Today our guest speaker is Gun High School senior Anna Weibrin. She's really gross because she uses 1.5 spacing on her papers, first of all, <laughs> but I still think she's a really cool person despite that. So when she's not running the office club or hanging out with her friends or her dog Jazz, she spends her time in the school theater department. Unfortunately, I put this episode off too long and she can no longer promote 1X, um, even though it was in your original script to me, but like... I can vouch and say that your one act was actually one of my favorites. How was it as a techie directing a one act? Um, that was crazy because I was not expecting it at all. Shelby mm-hmm. just asked, hey, do you want to direct this? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got Danica Heaney, who's awesome, to help me. And mm-hmm. actually, being, like, being one of my favorite gun shows, I think I've worked on. And I never bought a DVD of any of the shows, but I'm going to buy one, one for this one. Yeah, It was really good. So Thank how you. are you dealing with that second semester senior life? Um, dealing with it. I'm living it up. <laughs> um, Sex Master Senior is actually awesome. I think it's just a great time to, you know, actually prioritize being with friends. Um, because I think a lot of us are like, looking back, I think a lot of seniors are like, I wish I'd spent more time with friends mm-hmm. um, than like stressing about school. So it's fun to like kind of lead into those, you know, things that you wouldn't do in the past. You're suddenly like, you know what? No, like, screw it. I'm going to go yeah. see my friends or like go to Happy Donuts right now, <laughs> not instead of studying Quizlet or something. Ew, Quizlet? Yeah, I love Quizlet. <laughs> what? Quizlet's the best. Uh, like the flashcards? Yes. Okay, well, you've never taken AP French. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hablo Espanol. Oh. <laughs> I don't know any Spanish. Um, okay, so you're graduating in one week. Are you excited for that or are you more scared? I don't feel any special way about it yet, which is weird. Like, it hasn't hit me. I'm just kind of like, I'll just take each day as it comes, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I still have this huge essay that I have to write for English, too. I think once <laughs> I write that and that's over, then I'll feel better um, or different about it. But right now, I'm just like, yeah, graduation a week. I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff happening before then, um, like school events. So I'm just excited to go to those and be with my friends. Yeah, I feel like as I get older each year, like graduation and like events like that, they just kind of matter less and less or like I just don't notice them. As much. Yeah, definitely. I think mm-hmm. especially because I think for me personally, I didn't think like what happens after I get into college that much. It was always like, okay, get into college. Like I want to do that. And then once I got on the other side of this, I was like, oh, now what? <laughs> like what, what happens now? Um, yeah, finish your English essay basically. Uh so yeah, that's interesting. And just thinking like, what is the next step in life? I really have no idea what I'm going to do in college. So it's like fun to just kind of explore now. Exploring. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously sounds like you're having like a really good time in your second semester senior life. Heck yeah. Can't relate as a junior, but um, oh, sorry. <laughs> like anyways, I got to know you this year from doing the shows and I've always thought of you as someone who's just super positive and amazing and makes really bad jokes that only you think are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so like, when you originally shared your script with me of like what you wanted to talk about on Project Oyster, I was actually surprised to see what the topic was because that's just something I didn't really expect out of you. And the topic of it, of that is um, dealing with the loss of a close family member. So could you, I guess, introduce the situation? Yeah, sure. Uh, so when I was about um, in fifth or fourth grade, I don't remember exactly, um, I remember my parents sitting me down and basically telling me that my mom had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Um And so that was really scary, but they kind of reassured my brother and I saying like, you know, like, it'll be okay, we'll get through it. Um, So she was in treatment for about a year uh, or a year or two. And then um, 
ended up, it started out fine. Uh, I have memories of like going wig shopping with her, yeah. going to chemo, things like that. Um, wow, chemo, what a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but basically like going to all these things with her and then uh, towards the end, so about a, a, like a year or two into um, her treatment, she ended up going into pretty severe depression um, because a lot of her friends started isolating her. Uh, and that was really hard to watch. Um, she kind of developed like uh, nicotine addiction and alcohol dependency and things like that until eventually she passed away about uh, a year or two after that. So now I was in sixth grade about like two weeks after my 12th birthday. So yeah, that that's basically what happened. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess when you were that young, like fourth, fifth grade, when you got told, did you like, did you really, were you able to comprehend the whole situation? Like, did you know what cancer meant, I guess, at that age? Um, I think, I mean, I understood it. Um, no one, my family has a history of cancer, but no one that close to me, um, had really, or that I had known had really gone through it. Um, I even had like a kid at school that I had seen and gone through cancer. So like, I understood what it was. Um, but everyone, all my experiences with it, like people had survived because of it. Um, and you know, it was scary, but I think my parents did a really good job of reassuring my brother and I to be, you know, it will be okay. Um, that it was kind of just became just a part of my life rather than this big event that I had to like understand or deal with. Do you yeah. think your parents like regularly updated you and your brother or did they kind of keep it more, you know, update on... me on like how she's doing and yeah. stuff? Um, I mean, you could kind of tell, uh, they told us more so like what was going to happen. They're like, your mom's going to lose her hair. She's going to go through all the, like, lose a lot of weight, probably have hot flashes, things like that. Um, she's probably gonna be acting differently and like be tired and, you know, groggy. Uh, so they told us like what was going on, but not exactly. We're like, this is the exact like thing we heard from the doctor because, you know, we were only like, my brother was probably 12 and I was like 10. Yeah. Um, and so I think we had a lot of other stuff that we were, you know, focusing on just like going into middle school, things like that, like kind of changes in our lives. Uh, so, um, like we knew about her mom, but it wasn't something that we were like paid a hundred percent attention to. Her parents like constantly told us about. I see. So, um, how did you immediately deal with your mother's passing? Um, so right after she passed away, I, it was a really surprise. It was a big surprise. Um, it wasn't like a terminal illness situation. Um, she just passed away in her sleep one night and it was really surprising when my dad like woke me up in the morning, my brother and I and had to like break the news to us. Uh, so because it was such a surprise, I spent for a really long time, about a year or two, just in a sense of denial about the whole situation or shock. Um, I could process like, okay, I understand my mom has passed away, but I didn't really understand the implication of what that meant in my life or like how serious that actually meant like she's actually gone. Um, and I think I also felt really guilty because there was a little bit of sense of relief just because she had been struggling for so long and was like, going through depression, obviously. Um, she had even like attempted suicide at one point. So it was really, really hard as a young kid, like not understanding what's going on and not knowing how to support your mom um, or be there for her. So there was like a little bit towards the end, just like a sense of relief knowing that like I don't have to see or go through this pain anymore. And that like kind of made me feel very guilty and also made me less willing to address the situation itself. So you, because of that feeling, you spent most of your time I guess like it's like you know the fact that your mother is gone now, but you don't know what that means or how to really deal with that. I guess. Yeah, I think I spent I threw myself into like a lot of a lot just like other things in my life, like making friends or just paying attention to like 
even boys like I just formed like so many crushes because I'm yeah. like, literally like I just want to have a distraction from what's going on um so like there were a lot of things that went on that I just didn't really address um and wasn't willing to address I and mean, I didn't even re- like recognize that I wasn't addressing it I was like no I understand like she's gone like I get it um but clearly I wasn't doing a good job of really like explaining to myself or accepting it um and kind of just completely ignored the situation for a long time did that impact other aspects of your life how so like um for example ignoring the issue does it like like at face value you're ignoring it or not ignoring it but you you don't want to face on address it so uh did you not doing that did that impact other aspects of your life for example were you like maybe sometimes angry or like acted out or anything like that um I didn't really get angry or start feeling like there's a lot of stages of grief. The first one is obviously shock. So I was there for a long time. And then I think the next one's anger and then sadness. Um, and there's like bargaining and then eventually acceptance. So I was in, I didn't really start feeling like sadness or anger for a really long time afterwards. Um, and I think the implication of just being in a state of shock or denial about it was that I kind of like my, I didn't make use of the resources that I had when they were given to me, like, right, as soon as my mom passed away, they notified my school. um, And they immediately set me up with a counselor there at my middle school. Um, And I didn't really make use of that resource, you know, to like talk things through, I was just kind of sit there and be like, okay, like, I guess (laughs) uh, this happened, I don't know really what to say about it, because I'm still like, not really processing it. Um, And I think it also isolated me a lot for my brother for a couple of years there, we didn't really talk um, and ended up like, I think like a weird thing about grief is that it can either bring people really close together um, who are going through it together or it can really isolate people. So for my brother and I, I think it really isolated us um, and neither of us really ever like were there to support the other as much as we should have. Um, So that's something I kind of wish I had done more, but obviously I couldn't control it, um, how I was feeling or how he was feeling about it. So, yeah, I think it was like kind of an isolating situation because I was just trying to ignore any sort of like thing that would remind me of what was actually happening or what had happened. So how did you eventually get yourself out of the situation? Um, Yeah, so for most of middle school is in shock and then grief and sadness, anger that started happening freshman, sophomore year. And then it wasn't until junior and even this year that I started reaching just a point of like acceptance about the situation. Um. I don't think there's really anything that I, one thing that I did that was like, oh, I understand now, like, (laughs) uh, this helps me, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was mostly just time, um, and kind of losing sort of the triggers that would have set me off when I was more in the like state of sadness. Um, so like for a while, if people made your mom jokes or things like that, like that was a trigger for me and I would immediately shut down and like couldn't interact with people anymore if I like had a was reminded of which was my mom or if I saw like my friends hanging out with their parents and yeah. stuff even that like I couldn't handle um that well I would just kind of shut down um and when I'm like sad or feeling especially type of way about something I just completely isolate myself and don't talk to anyone I'll put my earbuds in and just be like please don't talk to me <laughs> yeah. um so yeah but then junior year I kind of got just I think time helped and um I just tried to do things because I'm someone who works through a lot of my stuff on my own. So I did like journaling and then I also ended up like writing emails and sending them to my mom's email just to say like any things that were left unsaid. Um, I would kind of just send to her um, in a way of like, I mean, like I can still reach her in a way. Um, And then 
I think I kind of knew I was the, on the other side of the situation once I realized that, you know, like my, like what happened to me or like my mom's passing, like, isn't the most important part of myself. Um, I feel like for a while, if you, if someone had asked me like, Hey, how would you describe yourself? Or like, what do you like, how do you identify? I would say like, well, I feel like I am a child who's lost a parent, but now I understand that's a part of me, but I feel like that loss informs all the other parts of myself rather than defines who I am. Cause I feel like I now am like a pretty positive, like happy, upbeat, you know, passionate, like down to earth person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all informed by the fact that like, or, you know, kind of in- affected by the fact that I lost my parent, but not like, that's not who I am. So that you makes think sense. like this situation has maybe shaped some aspects of you, but it's not your one defining identity. Yeah. I think I would be a very different person if it hadn't happened. Um, I think I wouldn't be quite as like loyal a friend or, uh, you know, kind of, again, like down to earth or just like understanding of like what's important to me. Um, so, but obviously like, again, like I don't think I am just someone who's lost a parent. I think I'm all these other things, but I do that and pursue it and know who I am or more sure of myself because like I lost my parent and I can have gone through all these things and like can understand the significance of loss and like the importance of life yeah yeah so I guess like I I mean I didn't know about this I guess until you had sent me the script so is this something that you keep more hidden or like you know like you said you don't want to label yourself as the kid who's lost their parents so Mm -hmm. maybe you don't tell people and like out of fear of people thinking of you as just that so like I guess what's your reason of like bringing this topic up now and why are you talking yeah. Um, I think something that's really hard is when you are someone who like has to watch someone else or know someone else who's gone through something so like awful, even things like divorce or just even a really bad, like if someone has gone through a major surgery or some sort of like illness in their life, you know, hearing those kinds of things, it's always a little off putting, I think. And that's why I don't really reveal it to people. Cause I don't, I don't want to be passive about it and be like, Oh, you know, like this happened to me in the past, you know, or act like it's not significant because it was, but I also don't want it to be like make people uncomfortable yeah, um, by saying like, you know, like, Hey, by the way, <laughs> I only have one parent. Um, yeah. uh, so I think that's why I mostly don't reveal it. Um, it's just hard finding a, like the natural way to bring it up, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also, yeah, I just also think like, I, like once people know, I don't, I'm not worried about being treated differently, but I just don't want that again to like the one, like not the one thing, but like, oh, like how people see me is just like, you know, like, oh, there's Anna, like be careful around her, you know, like <laughs> not like just don't like bring this stuff up, but like, you know, um, that's just like, I'm not how I, I see myself anymore. Um, I feel like I'm a very, op- I'm a big optimist about life. I literally wrote my um, I'm a really open book. Like I wrote my college essay about how I pooped in a public pool when I was a kid. Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, well, that's it for another episode. That's a whole another story. But um, I <laughs> um, but basically, uh, like I just, I just want to be, you know, like talk about these other important experiences. Like that's an important one, but I think there's so many other things that I have done um, and have happened to me that I think are significant um, and just as important. And I want to portray more. That. yeah yeah so it's definitely like are you okay with people I guess bringing it up to you now or talking about it because like I feel like um 
it's like you said, you don't want to make people uncomfortable. And I feel like I definitely have been in situations where I know that, for example, an individual has lost a parent or has recently lost a family member. And I feel uncomfortable because of that. And I don't really know why, mm-hmm. but like, I'm scared to bring it up and I'm or, like, I'm scared to trigger them or something. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Or like people talking about it around you? Yeah. Um, I mean, now, pers- like now I feel fine about it. Um, I'm really open about it and willing to talk about it because I think, again, I've reached a point of acceptance and a point where like I can think about my mom or um, even visit her. Like she's actually buried at the cemetery across the street from Gunn. Um, like I can go and be there with her or think of her, be like listen to songs that she likes and not feel sad about it um, anymore. It's more like happiness or just kind of like fondness of like her memory. But um, I get it if it just happened definitely for me when it just happened. Um, again, I wasn't shocked, but like if you brought it up to me, I would shut down and I wouldn't want to talk about it. Um, there are a lot of times where I would just like, couldn't handle what, like when people were talking about their parents or even their drama that was going on because I was kind of selfish. It was like, well, I'm going through so much more than what you're going yeah. through. Um, but if you're someone who has, or knows someone who's going through something, I think the best thing you can do and the best thing that my friends did who are amazing and stuck by me through the whole thing were, you know, just being there and saying like, Hey, if you ever do want to talk about it, um, I'm willing and able to like, listen to you and support you however you need. Even if you just want to sit there and talk about something else, um, like I'm willing to do that for you or just say like, I can be here for like, however you need me to be there for you. I think that's a great thing because, um, it's really like grief for me was like a day by day process. Like each day was completely different from the next. I had no idea how I was going to feel. Um, my feelings really fluctuated. So um, just knowing that I could like lean on people, however I needed to lean on them was like really useful and making sure that like I knew I wasn't a burden on them. Mm-hmm. Like they were willing and like able to help me however I needed them to be there for me. So it's like, if you know someone who's dealing with it, like support them however they need to be supported. Like, yeah definitely don't try to try to force them to talk about it if they're not ready to mm-hmm. just yeah like um be there for them how they need it to be. yeah for sure so I guess that's advice for people who know others who are dealing with it however what advice I guess if you have any um would you give to people who are who are dealing with a similar situation yeah um I would say like don't rush your feelings at all or feel like you need to be feeling a certain way about things like everything you do feel every day is completely valid um and it's you can't really predict how it's going to go um so yeah I think just being patient with yourself and also patient with those around you they they don't also know exactly how to like help you all the time um, even if like you, Sophia, for example, like one of my close friends, like said, Hey, I lost a really close family member. Like I'm not even, I would know exactly how to help you because grief is such like a personal process. Each of us, it tells you so much about yourself and how you handle like, I think immense situations and changes in life. So, um, I think just knowing like how yourself and like how you need to get through it, um, and allowing yourself to be selfish at times when you need to be selfish and say, hey, I can't do this, or I just need to be alone, or I just need this right now, like, that is okay to do, um, and no one ever feels like you're a burden, or anything you're feeling is invalid, like, you just have to do whatever it's going to do that, like, to allow you to eventually reach a point where you can talk about that person, or think about that person, and or remember them without it being painful, and it does, you will reach that point, it may take years for me, it took about five or six to get there, but, um, 
it does happen and it will happen. Um, and if you do want to talk, I can talk to you. Um, and there's also great grief counseling organizations around here. Like Cassie is a great one where they do family counseling for those who have lost family members. So there are definitely like outlets and resources that you can find if you need it. So now's the time to plug yourself. How would someone like, I guess, contact <laughs> you if they wanted to talk? Um, yeah, if you want to find me, I'm <laughs> usually around campus, particularly in the theater. Um, <laughs> or you could definitely find me on Facebook. My name is Anna Reitman. <laughs> if you forgot, it's in the title of this episode, probably too. <laughs> um, but yeah, find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram. If you have my Snapchat, Snapchat me. Um, yeah, I'm, def- I'm really willing to talk to you and help you, even if you're like, okay, this isn't happening now, but something happens like a year or two in the future. Like I'm still willing and totally able to talk to anyone who would want to talk um, or can, you know, try to help you find someone else to talk to if you need it. Yeah. So if anyone is on campus for the next day, one day of school, <laughs> I've done this way. I've pushed this back. Wait, 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 but, yeah. Um, the one with the cool magic card backpack. Yeah. That's not the first thing I noticed about I like you. like Pokemon. I know. It's very cool. I'm jealous. What you get? I don't know. It's my brother's old one. Really? Yeah, but I wear it so much better. Can I be? That's probably true. <laughs> Can I be friends with him? It's a really cool backpack. No, you're friends no? with me. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Can't have both. No, Reitman. I'm the better Reitman. You're the sorry, better Reitman. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Anna, for coming in today and talking about this. You're welcome. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it was a you. pleasure to be here. Thanks for yeah. having me. <laughs> um. So once again. Seriously, like, uh, if anyone listening, please reach out to someone if you need to talk. Once again, Anna is always available if you want to do that. But uh, there are also many other resources available to you. The Wellness Center here at Gunn is always open. You may check out our website at projectoyster.wixsite.com slash website to find many 24-hour crisis text and call lines. We still use Wixsite because we're broke. (laughs) (laughs) Our team is also currently working hard to line up future guest speakers and stories, but we need your help. Email us at studio.projectoyster at gmail.com or get into contact with Hannah Vardonari to share your story and possibly get selected to be a speaker. You can also email us to just share a story or anecdote that our host will read out loud. And please mention in your email if you would like to have your story remain anonymous. Project Oyster has also recently restocked on stickers. So please find us if you would like to purchase one for $1. So thank you to our audience for listening. Thank you, Anna, for coming in. And we'll see you in our next episode of Project Oyster. Project Oyster.